Hi, welcome back to Coworking with Iris. Um, I'm really excited today to talk with Melissa Sobers of the Kansas City Coworking Alliance and of Cowork Waldo. Um, the idea of Coworking Alliances has been around for a long time and it's been a topic of discussion at almost every uh, Juicy, at almost every meetup I've been at. Um, and what I think we're finding more and more is that it's local and regional alliances that really have a higher impact on co-working spaces and on co-working communities than, say, national alliances do. I also work with CoShare, um, the U.S. National Co-working Association, and um, you know we've really found that the focus on these regional alliances is where people's hearts are. And I think that's because co-working is, if I may use this overused term, hyper-local. And so um, regional alliances really allow for that locality to be um, stressed and, uh, and brought to the front in, um, in their representation of the co-working spaces in a, in a much larger way than the National Association could ever do for a local region. So, the question is, how do you create an alliance? Um, who, who's in? Who's out? Um, when, you know, how are decisions made? Um, how do you go about um, actually creating the entity? And so Melissa has spent a fair amount of time thinking about all of this um, in her work with um, co-creating the Kansas City Coworking Alliance. So I will introduce her now, and I'm really excited to have her up here on the show with us. Hello. Hi, Melissa. Welcome. Melissa, we're having a hard time hearing you. Oh, oh am I, we go. No, now we can hear you just fine. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Yay. So tell us, um, just introduce yourself if you would, Melissa, and tell us about um, what you're doing currently with both of your efforts that you're working on. Sure. Um, I call myself the Chief Connector and CEO of Cowork Waldo. Cowork Waldo is a neighborhood co-working space in the Waldo neighborhood of Kansas City, Missouri. And then I'm also the chair of the Kansas City Co-working Alliance. And those are two of my many wonderful projects that I work on. Awesome, great. Um, and so my guess is that uh, at one point, people in Kansas City decided that they really needed to promote your barbecue a lot more. Um, <laughs> and so they created the Kansas City Coworking Alliance to make sure that everybody had access to that good Kansas City barbecue. Is that is that kind of what happened? Yeah, that and our Kansas City Royals. We, you know, oh, right. They need a little bit more promotion. No. Um, <laughs> they've got a lot of fans. Um, we decided to form the Kansas City Coworking Alliance really to raise the awareness of what coworking is and all of the different options that Kansas City offers our um, members. And, <clears throat> you know, really, you know, when I first opened Cowork Waldo, sometimes people would come to my door and they would say, do you have jobs? You know, thinking it was like um, a, uh, I guess, a temporary work agency. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 
no, no. So um, we understood that there was a gap in what people thought co-working was. And so that was really our main goal is really to help people understand what co-working is and what options Kansas City has to offer. And so how did you get started? Did you um, reach out to your friends that you knew that were running co-working spaces? Did you, you know, start knocking on doors and just asking everybody if they would be willing to create an alliance? <laughs> Where did this idea even come from? Yeah, yeah. So this is probably, um, I think there were two co-working space owners that kind of came up with the idea at the same time. Myself and Herb C. from um, Think Big Co-working, we both kind of were on the same wavelength. We're really lucky in Kansas City. We have a group called Kansas City or KC SourceLink, and KC SourceLink is really um, a, a place that entrepreneurs can go for any kind of support for their for growing their business. And they had already kind of created a list of shared workspaces, and so um, they were kind of the the helpers to help us get this started. They brought all of the, the main people to the table, and then and we actually started talking about this in the. Um, late 2014 and we actually formed the alliance in uh, May of 2015 so it took about six months of forming and really understanding what each space does and what our goals and our objectives and really what our mission was going to be and it worked out um, you know we that worked out very well I mean I think that it takes about six months for all of this kind of to come together so um, we were lucky that they helped us with that yeah, I, I think six months seems to me like about the right amount of time, um, especially when you're busy running your own business. Exactly. And, yeah, and running an all-volunteer organization. Um, so during that six months, how many times did you meet? So we were meeting once, once a month or once every three weeks or so. I mean, we, we knew at the beginning our commitment, our time commitment was going to be a little bit higher because we really wanted to get some momentum going and really work through all of the details. And then we said to ourselves, you know, it's okay, we're going to meet every three weeks right now or every two weeks. <clears throat> but eventually we can only meet once a month or every other month. We'll get to that point eventually. But for now, let's put in the sweat equity and, and get this thing going. And how did you get people to commit to actually you know they they're they're interested they they want to get involved but their um their maybe their time commitments are, are really heavy on another and how did you get them to commit to and actually stay accountable to making sure that the organization was um being formed and that the work was actually getting done to form it yeah so we had some really good examples that we could draw from co-working toronto co-working ontario uh, denver co-works um, the uh, Seattle Shared Space Alliance, all of those were super good examples of how they formed and how they uh, normed, you know, how they kept on going. And so I think we knew that they had seen some very specific benefits and we knew we wanted to have some of those same benefits. So I think that we had the motivation to keep on going and spend, spend the time working together to get to that point. And so structurally, are you more like a collective or a union? What, how, how did you sort of set up your overall structure? We're definitely a collective. And if, even if you go to our website, we see the KC Coworking Alliance is a collective of independent collaborative co-working spaces in Kansas City metro area. So collective is actually part of who we are. So we um, you just you know, help each other. Mm -hmm. 
And do you, do you have a board of directors that runs the association? Yeah, so the first year we really spent a lot of time on our mission, our vision, our values, um, really what our objectives were. Um, we started to get some press and really follow up on that, built the website, etc. Now our second year we will be formalizing our organization with um, 501c6 and with that will come a board of directors. So we'll have an executive board um, and then we have two committees. We have a governance committee that really will um, you know, manage the executive board, our financials, our member um, management, you know, like when somebody wants to become a member of the alliance, how that, how that all works, collecting the dues, et cetera. And then we'll have a promotions committee that really works on marketing the alliance, um, the, the website, blog, social media, um, any video, podcasts, or any events that we have, any sponsorships that we may have for Kansas City events. So we're going to, you know, the more formal part of the organization will come in the next few months. So you mentioned uh, dues, collecting of dues. So how does that work? Do you, um, do you charge the same amount for every entity that joins? What if a space is so small and their operating budget is so low that they can't afford to join? <laughs> That would be me. <laughs> I have the smallest space in Kansas City, which is fine. And you know, we we did we were very thoughtful about um, you know what our dues requirements were, what our time and talent. We I actually call it time, talent, and treasure. Um, we you know require so much time from each person that is a member, um, so much in dues, and then so much in, in volunteering their time and their talent. Um, so our dues are 250 a year. Um, we looked at other alliances across, you know, North America, and some were lower, some were higher. We decided 250 was um, an amount then that we would have a good enough budget to be able to do some things together, um, and it wasn't too high that it would exclude um, somebody who wanted to be in like a smaller space like myself. Um, so 250 seemed like a pretty good number. And what does that money, um, what do, so if I'm going to join the Kansas City Coworking Alliance, what do I get for my $250? Yeah, so our two hundred each space, we have 10 spaces right now, so the $250 goes into the checking account. Mostly what we'll be using it on this year um, are events. Um, we are going to do a big thing for KC Coworking Week, which is the same as Global Coworking Week, which is August 8th through 12th. So we're really excited about that. We've got some plans for a passport type promotion and, and just some other kind of big splash type things during that week. Um, we possibly might do some sponsorships for some Kansas City Metro-wide events. Um, we just recently helped out the uh, Kansas City Startup Crawl and just kind of helping them promote it. Um, we also are going to form the 501c6, so that will take some some money to um, get all of that paperwork going and you know get some legal assistance on that. Um, and then of course you know we've got website hosting and you know just basic things that we have to pay for every year. Um, so so just following along on the track of the budget, how how do you determine what the money is spent on? Is that um, decision made by the entire body of 10 people or 10 spaces or is that decision made by the executive board? So in our first year of operation everyone has a say. 
Um, and I think we'll continue that. I mean, obviously, the executive board may, you know, go through the formalities, but, um, you know, the whole idea of co-working is collaborative, community. Um, so we want to get everyone's input. Everyone has great ideas, and um, we just really kind of think that it's we're walking the talk and, and really supporting everyone's objectives. And um, so for right now, um, yeah, everyone everyone is part of the decision. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> um, I, I can imagine that as you get larger, you'll have to sort of figure out which decisions are made by the body as a whole and which decisions are made more by the operating arm or the executive arm of the organization. Um, and that while you, um, in your search for an entity formation um, or you're in your search for the type of entity, I'm imagining that those um, uh, considerations came up. So you mentioned a 501c6. How did you land on that as opposed to a different formation? Yeah, so a 501c6 is a nonprofit association format, um, legal format. And we we knew that we couldn't just be a bunch of friends with a checking account. I mean, that worked to a certain point, but as we grew, um, we knew, you know, we, we want to limit liability for individual members and individual members' businesses. Um, we want to be able to file taxes appropriately and manage the money appropriately. And and formalizing the organization really helps, like you said, as we grow in making decisions so that we have a, you know, it's not just Melissa deciding something right. or, you know, making a, you know, an executive decision by myself. So um, this will just make it more formal and help everyone be able to move forward and, and really, by doing this, we'll be able to accomplish some big goals. Great. Um, so I wanted to move, uh, shift a little bit, and I, I, what I'd like to understand is um, what what things did you learn along the way? So you had a six-month process. Um, I'm imagining that there was a lot of conversations during that six-month process, a lot of ideas, a lot of brainstorming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. You know, you then made some decisions from that. Um, so take us to month seven, eight, nine, and ten. And at that point, um, you know, what what types of the decisions that you made actually stuck, and what were some of the learnings that you had along the way there? Yeah. So I mean, I think very early on we decided what our mission, our goals, and our objectives were going to be, and that really helped drive the planning and the formation of this. Alliance. Um, we made sure that everyone had a role to play, um, whether that be um, you know taking notes and being this kind of the secretary role or somebody managing the website or social media. Um, and we just wanted to make sure that it was inclusive, that it was collaborative, um, that we had a community. Um, we, you know, probably the main thing is that we we spent a lot of time on the mission, the vision, the goals. Um, the objectives, but we also spend a lot of time on being very thoughtful about um, our goal to raise awareness for the Casey Coworking Alliance and for coworking in general. We were very thoughtful of, um, you know, which spaces, which shared workspaces make sense to be a part of the organization. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be exclusive, but we also did not want to dilute the message and the definition of what genuine coworking is. So mm -hmm. that's probably what we spent the most time on, and that that actually has been beneficial in the end because um, we're able to 
really help people understand what co-working is. We saw some immediate benefits last year, right after we formed. Um, we we got several um, what I call press hits. Um, we had some written um, articles in the Kansas City Star and Star the News and um, some other maybe the Pitch. Um, we also had um, Channel 41, KSHB, uh, NBC. They did a video, you know, a what do you call it, a news story on us. Um, so we we got a lot of leverage together um, by really spending some time up front making sure that we knew what our mission was and our goals were. And has that mission, um, or, or I should say, has the implementation of that mission changed at all in the past year since you've been up and running? Um, in terms of, you mentioned, you know, one of the big decisions that you had to mold over was um, how to determine who is, you know, who's, who's the right fit for your community of communities and, and who isn't. Um, and that's a really uncomfortable um, conversation to have um, for some people um, because you know uh, if when 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 there's a an in there's going to be an out and how do you decide who's out and in, and is that fair and um, you know creating a, an inclusive experience and an inclusive association um, is really I, I, to me that that's what the co-working ethos is really about now of course. If somebody's not the right fit, there can be problems there. So, so talk, talk to us about determining that and and um, kind of the the real life um, experience that you've had with implementing that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're really really clear on um, what your mission is and what the message is, um, it makes it a little bit easier. Now, you're still going to have uh, one-offs that don't make sense and you kind of have to handle those on a case-by-case -case basis but um, <clears throat> we you know really looked at the great thing about co-working is we've got 11 years of you know co-working and, and open co-working movement and so we looked at the core values of the open co-working movement and the guiding principles and so we really based everything off of community collaboration openness accessibility uh, serendipitous sharing and we really looked at those things and said okay the organizations that can be a part of the Kansas City co-working alliance they really have to have a community involved mission and help support the community that support their members. It's really a business beyond just a, a real estate reuse or an office or a desk rental model. Um, you know, contributes to the success of the co-working members. Um, it's community centric and supports the members and growth and development, programming, educational opportunities, and they have a variety. Each of these, each of the co-working alliance spaces have um, a variety of spaces for their members to use. So whether that be open workspace or closed door offices, um, meeting breakout spaces, conference rooms, event space, etc., we wanted to make sure it's not—it literally cannot just be uh, a bunch of offices and you know, an executive suites or a professional suites type of um, setup. It really needs to have a more collaborative collaborative model. And so we really define that uh, very clearly. And, you know, for the most part, that's pretty understood. Um, I think sometimes, like I said, you have to handle some of them on a case-by-case -case basis. If it doesn't really feel like it's a fit, 
and it doesn't really meet those criteria, then um, one of our other goals is to support the development of new co-working spaces in Kansas City. So if somebody comes to us and they're like, you know, we want to be a part of the alliance, and we look at their model and we're like, well, it's not really co-working. And they're like, but we want to be co-working. Great. You know, we've got 10 member spaces here. Let's figure out how to you know, help you with best practices and help you do that. Because the whole, whole goal is there's enough space for everyone to be a part of this. And Kansas City is a very large metro area. And we've got a lot of suburbs and a lot of outskirts. And so for co-working to spread wide across the metro, it only benefits everyone. So um, sometimes that, I think that will happen as we go forward. People will come to us and ask us for, um, you know, advice on how to make it happen. Um, great. So one of the things that you mentioned, or, or two of the things that you mentioned were um, making sure that you're really strong in your mission, vision, and values. And, um, and you know, that you really understand who you are as an organization so that you can understand um, uh, how to be the best fit or how to, how to create um, a, uh, a, a culture that, that fosters the, your mission, basically. And I think that, once again, falls very much in line with co-working in general. You know, co-working spaces know what they're... Um, well, you, I'll use the word brand, but it's really what their culture is, right? And so they're really able to help people understand, well, you know, we might not be a, the right fit for you, but, um, you know, I can, I can introduce you to somebody across town who might be a better fit for you. And, or, yeah, you know, this, it seems like this is a, a great community for you to try out. Uh, give us a try for the day. Um, do you offer a trial period to prospective um, co-working organizations who may who are thinking about maybe joining or does that maybe not make sense since um, you know it really is about fit and you really do want to look at what they're doing overall yeah. um, and their own mission yeah um, we have not pursued a trial membership in the Kansas City co-working Alliance I think that um, we are clear enough upfront to be able to say, if it's a fit or if it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and kind of like I said earlier, if somebody wants to eventually get into the co-working business, um, and we're happy to you know, give them as much support as possible, and then they can join. So yeah. I, think, I, I, I think that you have to stand firm in you know, really who is a fit and who isn't. The reason being, it's not that we don't want to exclude anyone. It just really um, muddies up the message. You know, the message is to really help people understand what co-working is. And if you start to bring in things that are not co-working, then it really gets people confused. And, and that really, really defeats the purpose of being an alliance, you know, working on that goal. Mm -hmm. what, um, what last tip can you give to people who are looking to start an alliance um, in their region. So once again, we mentioned the, the values and, and getting really clear on, on who you are. Um, give us one more tip for um, people that you think is really, really important for them to consider in that initial planning stages. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you three. Okay. <laughs> time three? 
Yes, okay. we do. So I think the first part is to get all the key decision makers to, together. And when I say decision makers, it's extremely important to get the decision makers up front. Um, because if you have, and, and the decision makers can be a community manager, an owner, an operator, um, whoever is really um, designated and empowered to be able to make a decision. Because what you don't want to do is you're trying to make things happen very quickly, but very thoughtfully, and you don't want people to come to the meeting and then go, oh, I have to go back and ask so-and-so and get an answer. You want to be able to make decisions at the meeting and keep things going forward. I think also make every make everyone <laughs> ask everyone for a commitment of at least six months. We've already talked about that, um, mm -hmm. and then rotate the meetings to the different member spaces or potential member spaces so that you get to know the features and benefits of each space. So that eventually, when people come to your space and it's not a fit, you can say, "Oh, but have you heard about?" XYZ co-working, you know, go over there, they have what you need, you know, or try us out if it doesn't work out, go over there and try them out. Um, what we already talked about, define your mission, your goals, your objectives as quickly as possible. And that, you know, that takes some time to get through that. And, and you may have multiple iterations of that. But once you finally get that, then that will help drive everything else. And then we already talked about this as well, is just make sure everyone has a role to play, that you really um, focus on the time, the talent, and the treasure, and everyone is part of that community and growing the alliance and, and being a part of it. And what would you dif do differently if you were starting out today? Gosh, good question. I mean, I think that the way it happened, it happened very naturally. Um, I think our communication was pretty good. I think, good question. I mean, I it, probably the, the thing that was the hardest we've already talked about is, you know, who, um, which spaces make, make sense to be part of the alliance. And so probably we would have worked on that a little sooner and really, really had that a very solid definition um, because it, it, it is, you know, you don't want to be exclusive, but you want to be clear on, you know, who can be a part of it and what the benefits are to them as well as to the mission and the, the message you're trying to spread. Mm -hmm. So um, back in um, 20, let's see, I guess it would have been 2011 and 2012 when we were first forming Lexi, the League of Extraordinary Coworking Spaces. Um, one of the big questions that came up for us was, how do we create a network of spaces that can um, provide a visa, basically, between our spaces for fellow members to use? And um, the, it, it became really obvious that it was going to be a challenge, not from a technology standpoint, but from a model standpoint. So some people offered you know, their first week free of co-working, where other people never offered a free day of co-working at their space. They provided day passes only. Um, some people didn't allow day passers at all. They only wanted people who had been um, through sort of an application process and were really obviously a really good fit for their community and for their members. So having people just drop in was not desirable to them. How have you uh, how, how have you um, straddled the different models that you have 
um, and, uh, and created some type of a product that you can sell maybe to first-time coworkers who are looking to find their best space or um, have an offering for members that they can you know, use the different spaces throughout the, the Coworking Alliance region. Yeah, so we're actually working on this right now for Kansas City Coworking Week or Global Coworking Week. August 8th through 12th. Um, um, so we, for lack of a better name right now, it's called the Passport, Kansas City Coworking Alliance Passport. And we're still working on the specifics, but really the goal of the Passport would, we would um, have people purchase it, and then that money would go into the Alliance, um, and then that would get them so many um, day passes that they can use at any of the Kansas City Coworking Alliance spaces. So, um, for instance, it might cost $50, and that would give you five-day passes, and you'd be able to work at the, the participating. Let me let me state that, and I think that's kind of the, what you're asking. It's really the participating Kansas City Coworking Alliance spaces because it is not always a perfect fit for a day pass for some of the spaces. They they meet like one of our spaces is a shared um, kitchen space. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make sense to have a day pass to go and, you know, cook up your brownies or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so so it's participating. So it, it I think it will hit most of our spaces and um, maybe the shared, you know, maybe the innovation center will be able to have, you know, drop ins for that week, you know, for that time. So, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to say, is that it's anticipating. You're working <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, that's kind of our goal, and yeah, we're working through the details. Great. Melissa, um, if people want to reach out to you or to the Kansas City Coworking Alliance um, for help in setting up their own um, association or own regional alliance, can they do so? Yes, of course. So we are on Twitter at KC Coworking. Our website is kccoworking.com and email address is hello at kccoworking.com and then my email address is melissa at coworkwaldo.com. Great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's a lot of fun. All right. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, thank you. Um, I wanted to say that if you are looking into creating an alliance, um, reaching out to any of the regional alliances that Melissa mentioned earlier um, is a great idea, especially if they're closer to your region. Um, Coworking, as, as most of us know, is a very open and um, friendly and supportive um, community of people across the world. So don't hesitate to reach out and ask for help if you're trying to figure out how to get started. Um, that concludes our show for this week. Next week, I will be talking with Nicole Vasquez of The Shift in Chicago, and we will be chatting about neighborhood co-working spaces, um, which Melissa could also uh, speak to. So I'm really excited to be talking with Nicole next week, and um, I will see you back here at 10 a.m. Pacific time.